everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of That Was a Hoot. A Rocco's Modern Life recap series. No BS this time. <laughs> I almost cursed. I'm trying to be better. Yeah. We're going to lose that explicit one day. <laughs> one of these days, we might. <laughs> it's going to happen. The final episode. <laughs> episode 34. He did it. <laughs> uh, episode 3, segment 1. Wimp on the lobby. Air date July 10th, 1996. These are happening like within the same week. Is that racist to do that? Wimp on the Barbie? Is it accent racist? Like I, for somebody else that, that's like if it's Australian? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm gonna say is they, are they a race? Are Australian a race, or is it just that's where you're from? I know this makes us sound really dumb, but I'm not sure either. Like yeah. Like when you do a Boston accent, is that that's not racist? No, but we're also all from America. But we're all from Earth. Well, I know. <laughs> nothing to do with this. <laughs> I mean, they're from my nation. They're yeah. from the where I'm from. You know Understood, what I mean? Yeah, they're just a little bit further east. <laughs> well, I mean, then. Uh, the other guys are a lot further west across an ocean. I'm going to say it could be, depending on how you're portraying it, I don't think necessarily doing just the accent necessarily is, uh-huh. but if you're portraying the accent as dumb or something like that, that could be, absolutely. That's that's hurtful. Is that a stereotype? Is that a dumb Australians Australian? are dumb? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I was just like, is that a thing for a second? <laughs> I don't think so, but uh, write in and tell us. We, we want to be educated. We... We want to be good, but we just don't know how to be good. <laughs> Sometimes we're just we're we're drawn that way. We're just <laughs> not bad. We're just drawn that way. All right. The uh, the recap on this one is Rocco's old grade school bully stops by for a visit, and Heifer and Filbert want Rocco to take revenge on him for bullying him. Rocco and Ed are doing yard work in the prospective yards uh, when Ed steps in a heart, quote unquote, of Spunkies. Uh, he calls Rocco over and yells at him about it. Rocco says that it's just Spunky's way of saying that he loves you. And uh, we see Spunky sitting in the yard surrounded by hearts as they're just popping out of him. What are these hearts? That's just his... Is uh, it poop? No, it's just his representation of love. So Spunky... He's, he's animated. Spunky leaves physical hearts everywhere. Yeah. Is, is what we're saying. That mm-hmm. he's some sort of magical dog. I think every other dog dog that we've seen in the show has been an a-hole um and the only one i can think of right now is earl right yeah that makes sense (laughs) so maybe that's why like he's just the he's 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 an exemplary dog because he's able to actually physically show his love so you think it's it's hard it's just hearts he's Mm -hmm. he physically is maybe that's their this is uh rocco's uh pg interpretation of red rocket well, I was like, you know his, what I mean? Because originally I was thinking like he's leaving his love all over the yard. And mm-hmm. that sounds like another thing. That it sure we... does. <laughs> all right. Continuing <laughs> on. Ed continues to yell at Rocco to the point that Rocco's head is inside Ed's mouth mouth until Bev shows up and yells bad to Ed. Uh, <laughs> then she tells Rocco to stand up to Ed more often and uh, try to make sure Spunky stays off the lawn. Will you, Rocco? Um, No. Uh, in Rocco's house, Heifer and Filbert are on the couch watching TV until where the phone rings. Uh, Heifer answers it as Rocco, and it's Rocco's mom. Uh, she says that Dingo is coming to visit Saturday. Uh, another uh, uncanny timing. Uh, Heifer gives Rocco the message, and Rocco 
freaks out. Dingo was the meanest third grader on the playground. Heifer says, are you going to have a flashback? And Rocco says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Rocco go through his years of school and Dingo bullying him in all sorts of ways. Rocco says he bullied him for 12 years until the day he left for America. Wow. Yeah, because we even see him like chasing him almost on the tarmac, yes. like kind of a thing, like like chasing him out of Australia. Yes. <laughs> At the airport, we see Rocco running uh, to the plane only to stop and kiss his dad. Uh, he shakes his mom's hands and then passes up his little sister completely, shuts the plane door on Dingo before he could do anything. Rocco finishes up his story with why he didn't like me. I'll never know. And Dingo was his name to which Hilbert and Heifer go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, Heifer and Filbert wake up Rocco and start training him. <clears throat> they make him run around the house. And as Heifer is blowing the whistle at Rocco, Bev comes over and takes the whistle away from Heifer. Heifer starts to cry just a little bit and then pulls out a party horn and uses that instead. Uh, Heifer tells Rocco that he has to get prepared for the fight of his life. And Rocco says he doesn't want to fight. He just wants to leave town. <laughs> uh, Heifer sits down in the garage to train uh, train him on his enemy and shows him a crayon drawing of Dingo, what Dingo would look like. <laughs> Heifer and Because like they use fake voices and stuff for Dingo. I am and it's Dingo. all just like stereotypical yeah, Australian accent. But it's also like this there. like meathead. Like, yeah. Oh, he's my Dingo. <laughs> Uh, Heifer and Filbert go through scenarios and training and a training montage to turn Rocco into a savage, bloodthirsty beast. By the time they are done, Rocco has attacked Filbert and Heifer, and they retreat to the car and lock it to get away from him. Then Rocco stares at the poster of Dingo, rips the face off, and eats it. He says, snarl. <laughs> the next day, Rocco says, I'm ready. Uh, the door rings, and Rocco answers it. He is, greets him by saying, Friend Rocco. Uh, Dingo is skinny with a shaved head, uh, shirtless, wearing sandals, has a bag around his shoulder and a turnip, turnip around his neck. Uh, Dingo says that he is now known as Floofy Nono, um, and he is here to make amends with Rocco. He offers, his, he offers turnips uh, to Rocco as an apology and a symbol of eternal friendship. But that's not all. He also offers a three a three speed blenderizer, bacon in a box, five dollars, and a request to punch him in the nose. Rocco says that if Rocco he says that if Rocco punches him, it will free uh he it will free him uh from who he once was, and he can be one with the unicorn. Then we hear a horn beep and see that there is an actual unicorn driving a van with a turn up on the side of it uh, out front. Rocco tells Floofy No-No that he will not punch him and will not resort to violence. Floofy says, please, and then Rocco just punches Floofy's nose in. Floofy says, and walks away. Uh, Rocco tells Spunky about what he did and, and how it was wrong, and he shouldn't have done that. While outside, Heifer and Filbert jump Floofy and start beating him up. The unicorn sees this and drives away. While uh, while all the commotion is going on outside, Rocco is still talking to Spunky inside about how violence is bad. Mm -hmm. All right. I have multiple questions for you. Oh. Was Foofy in a cult? Was the unicorn the cult leader? Or was Foofy just trying to make good on his past before marrying the unicorn? Um, Foofy No-No was in a cult. Uh, the unicorn is not a cult leader. I think just another cultist. Okay. Um, and... 
maybe they get married. I don't know. Maybe that's not part of it. Maybe this is one of those cults where uh, the leader just is like, hey, let's all have love with each other, man. But you don't. You know I mean? But he has to be one with the unicorn. Don't you feel like there's some sort of symbolism that like. I think they're talking about sex. You think that's what it is? Yeah. All right. Moving on. He can't. He can't. He can't fornicate with the unicorn until he's made amends with his past. Understood. To become a better person. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. No problem. Anytime you want to ask me questions after the end of we, you know, briefly do a synopsis of an episode, you totally can. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks. At least for, you know, like six more episodes. <laughs> uh, episode three, segment two is called Yarn Vendors. Filbert is ill, so Rocco and Heifer spin up some wild fairy tales to help him feel better. Filbert comes over to play baseball with Heifer and Rocco. Rocco goes get goes to get his glove while Filbert gets uh, set up outside in the front yard. Filbert falls on his back and can't get up. Uh, he is first worried about the sun burning him, but then a storm comes through and he gets rained on instead. Rocco finally comes out and rescues Filbert. By the time Rocco gets Filbert, though, Filbert is already coming down with a cold. Doctor Heffer says he needs a good dose of TV, but Filbert says uh, his mom used to read it to him when he was sick. Heifer is appalled by this and says nobody reads anymore. Rocco puts on the really, really big book of fairy tales. Uh, he starts with Goldilocks and the three bears, but Filbert stops him because uh, Porch just makes him nauseous. So then he moves on to Hansel and Gretel. Uh, but Heifer decides to interject words into the story like a Mad Lib instead. Uh, Rocco is annoyed by this, but Filbert is excited because he's never heard this story before. <laughs> we go into the story and we see that Heifer is Hansel. Uh, Rocco is Debbie, which is the replacement for Gretel, according to Heifer. Mm -hmm. And Filbert is our witch. They leave a trail of breath mints, uh, which are gone. But uh, Hansel says that the birds sure do have nice smelling breath, at least. Then they come across the witch's house and they argue about whether the house is made of healthy snacks or pizza. I like that they got close enough to the birds to smell their breath. <laughs> yeah. um, Filbert overrides their options and says it's made of fish sticks, though the stones leading up to the house uh, stay the orange slices that Rocco's healthy snack option has. I wonder if that's just, that's might be just a mistake on the animation's job, is that should those stones still have been the healthy snack orange slice, or should they have changed to something more fish stick related? I think there's even more at play here. I think that that is the inner monologue of Filbert saying that like he's closer to Rocco as a friend than he is to Heifer. So it is. Kinda still leads a little piece of that in in his mind stories. Gotcha. In his head in his head movies. <laughs> <laughs> his head movies. Uh, the witch welcomes them in to eat her house and says that she has plenty of tartar sauce. <laughs> Which has them in a cage uh, when they discover a can of magic beans. Rocco puts some of them on the ground and one bean turns into a magician. Taps his hat and the wand <laughs> with a wand and a giant beanstalk grows out of the hat. That's one way to have magic beans, I guess. Uh, it takes Rocco and Heifer up into the clouds where there's an evil giant grandma, grandma also played by Filbert, uh, takes them away to eat them. Debbie, Rocco, has a key and uh, they get out and run away. The evil giant grandma says, I'll grind your bones to make my, and Hansel yells, porridge, which then makes the grandma nauseous. <laughs> and they're able to uh, to tie the grandma's shoes together. Uh, grandma falls, and they jump out of the window all the way down from the clouds. Rocco says, lucky, lucky, 
and gravity were uh, luck and gravity were on their side. And then we just see them standing on the ground. So they landed safely. The witch is back with us espresso and Hansel and Debbie jump into the fairy tale elevator to escape. They go to the Cinderella floor and a fairy godmother also played by Philbert says they can't go to the ball like that. So Debbie is turned into a prince and Hansel is changed into a, into a pretty dress. Heifer says, call me Cinder Heifer. Uh, for the coach, the godmother turns a rat with a rope around it, uh, pulling a potato into a much larger rat, pulling also a potato <laughs> that is now larger. They ride the potato through the woods until they meet the witch again, which offers them a juicy blue apple, which Cinder Heifer ate, and a red bubbling beverage, which Cinder Heifer drank, and finally a growing, glowing green breath mint, which Cinder Heifer would also eat. <laughs> the mint finally turned Cinder Heifer into a wooden boy. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. But he couldn't talk or move. Rocco tells the witch that she will pay for what she has done. Uh, then a house uh, falls on the witch. Also, the shoe from the old lady in the shoe. Uh, uh, the old lady who lived in a shoe. The shoe drops on him. And then the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk lands on the witch. Uh, we see the witch's feet. Uh, and the shoes sticking out from the side of the giant, showing that the witch was wearing glass slippers. Rocco takes them and puts them on Cinder Heifer, churning them back into normal Heifer. Uh, then Cinder Heifer, Hansel Heifer, <laughs> I like reading it that way, and the Prince Debbie Rocco get married and ride off on their rat pulling a potato. The end. Philbert says he feels much better and leaves Rocco's house, and then we see that Rocco and Heifer have now caught what Philbert I, I debated between two questions for this the one that i ended up with was what is your favorite fairy tale mm -hmm. my other one was going to be how many different fairy tales did they cover in this story <laughs> i did not count as we were going did you end up counting no i didn't count a lot but yeah uh what is your favorite favorite fairy tale yeah i don't know man is this like just standard like fair grim fairy tales type stuff or... i don't know because they i mean they go outside of they that do disney stuff even. They, yeah. they do pinocchio yeah. they do sleeping beauty they do snow white i don't know if we kind of if we go that route i really have always been a huge fan and advocate for sword in the stone i really Ooh. love anything that's king arthur and authorian anyways absolutely but that really that really made it a very kid-friendly version because it's not yeah. a kid-friendly story i do like the sword in the stone <laughs> but for sure. I've, I've always loved that one um How about you I I don't know. I'm a, I'm a I'm always had been Kingdom a, Hearts a big. I like Kingdom <laughs> Hearts a lot. I think it's a really great fairy tale. Uh, why couldn't it be? That's a modern day fairy tale, right? Modern. I mean, it's every it's every fairy. Tale. It's all of them. Uh, I mean, Three Pigs is pretty good. Yeah, I think the, the green the, jelly one. The <laughs> not by the hair of a chick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode four, segment one, Mama's Boy. Uh, air date is a. Uh, july 11th 96 so this is just all i think within the same week mm -hmm. uh you know the the first like four new, episodes new episodes it's just like boom yeah every day come home after school and you get it uh synopsis on this is heifer moves out after being mocked for still living with his parents and relying on his mom to do everything and finds that living on one's own and working is a very dangerous life at heifer's house heifer's watching bun masters and drops the remote after trying to reach the remote from his seat and knocking over his snacks, he calls for his mom. She arrives quickly, brings him more food, gets his getting him his, his remote, and picks up his mess. His dad walks in and asks why she is babying Heifer. 
They argue across Heifer as he ignores it uh, and continues to watch TV until there's a knock at the door. Heifer says that it's the guys and asks his mom to get the door while he goes to change. They are all going to Mud City, USA. Heifer gets ready to leave when his mom stops him to get his buttons straightened out on his pink bunny coat before he leaves. Why do you wear a pink bunny coat for this? I don't know. It's very much like uh, what is it, uh, Ralphie from like Christmas Story? Christmas Story, yeah. Yeah. In the car, Rocco and Philbert give Heifer a hard time about being a mama's boy and uh, her doing everything for him. When they return, Heifer is covered in mud and his mom washes him off in the front yard with a hose while Rocco and Fulbert watch and laugh. Later, Virginia is setting Heifer up in his chair with a bunch of snacks and a blanket when Heifer tells her he's a grown man and then he goes to his room. At dinner at dinner time that night, Heifer comes down with his arms full of his belongings and announces that he is moving out. Virginia is devastated, but his dad is happy and he says, I'll get the door for him. A few days later, Rocco and Filbert go into the now-named Chewy Chicken, uh, where they see that Heifer is working there. On his break, Heifer shows the guys his new place. He lives in the spinning Chewy Chicken sign above the store. Uh, later, we see that Heifer's new place has become a gross pigsty of a place uh, that is e- that even has a layer of smog floating in the air around it. I wonder, do you think that Chewy ch- like? There had to be execs that were constantly like, mm, no, not, not choky, choky chicken. chicken. Yeah, <laughs> too uh, many people that were probably like, this is too on the nose. Yeah, you can't do this, dude. <laughs> this is we 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 get it. it it's a joke, but no. Yeah. Uh, there's a knock at the door, and a cockroach comes in and says he knows the landlord and said that he could stay here for a couple of days. Heifer is opposed at first, but is easily pushed over by the and agreeing to it. Uh, Heifer's mom calls to tell him he can come back at any time now. But Heifer is determined to make it on his own. Cockroach convinces Heifer to stay up and play games all night. Heifer is late to open up the chewy chicken and everyone is frustrated that they had to wait. Heifer looks like trash. Uh, The roach comes in and asks about the food for the party tonight. And Rocco is surprised to hear about a party. And Heifer invites Rocco and Filbert to it. Later that night, the smog is now coming out of the chicken Mm. and and the party is going on. Rocco and Filbert realize that all of Heifer's roommates' friends are roaches and they want to leave, but not before they see Heifer. Heifer is looking rough, though, and is wasted on chicken parts. He calls Rocco a party pooper. Uh, The next morning, the smog fills the entire area. And when Heifer goes to unlock the restaurant, someone from the Board of Health is there to shut down the restaurant and tells Heifer to go get some rest. Heifer tries to sleep, but the party is still going on. Uh, He goes to the top of the chicken. And start and but a storm starts and he slides off. He starts walking and talking to his mom on the phone, who is worried about him and wants him to come home. But Heifer keeps saying, "Oh, I'm fine, mom. I'm I'm doing all right." Uh, <laughs> he, he walks through the Arctic North, a desert. He gets held at gunpoint, breaks rocks in prison, is hung on a meat hook at a butcher shop, and is piloting a crashing plane. Also, he gets uh he's on a torture rack. And he's in heck, all while he's still on the phone going, oh, I'm fine, Mom. I'm Stop doing all worrying. right. <laughs> I'm fine. You don't have to worry. Nothing's going wrong. Uh, they show up at his parents' house, still talking on the broken phone then, <laughs> and then he completely collapses. His dad, brother, and grandpa pull him inside and get him set up in his chair. Uh, he recovers and tells Rocco uh, he's even starting to help out around the house more these days, meaning that uh, when he drops his remote, he gets up and gets it instead of calling for his mom. <laughs> I can see whenever they put him up and he's like, they're picking him up. He's still slowly, like softly going, 
Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Good. And they're like tucking him in and stuff. Oh, I'm good. I'm great, mom. Still, I'm good. Oh, uh, so if you could live above any restaurant, what would it be? BJ's Garden Inn Cafe. Would it really be? Downtown Duquoin, Illinois. <laughs> no. Uh, if I could live above any restaurant, I'm going to pick a chain restaurant because okay. I want to go with something that everybody kind of knows. And also you could travel. Like if you, if your like, whole shtick was like. I was like, how so? <laughs> is this something I like, can really do? You live above uh-huh. all of the olive That's gardens. That's my shtick. Like you can, yeah. Like Did you know I was going to pick off. Were you going to pick Olive Garden? No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't uh. have one in my head yet. <laughs> but like, if you lived above Olive Garden, you could technically live above all of the Olive Garden. So a, a chain is a good call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the one that's a chain, but it's not a big chain. But everybody kind of knows it still. I'm going to go with Shake Shack. I really like their burgers. Yeah. Um, their shakes are, even though that's the namesake, they're okay. <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> but I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'll go with Shake Shack. Okay. Um, I've never been to a Shake Shack. Where's yeah. the closest one? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, do they? Yeah. When I think of Shake Shack, I think of like Greece, like you know the at the end of mm-hmm. the we go together, and they're like okay, they're, they're in the. It's they're, not that one. They're at the carnival. It's it, not a carnival. It's a ride, like it's yeah. a carnival ride. The Shake Shack. I know. Um, and I don't think it's that song. It's the you better shape up song uh-huh. that they go through. But well, that one, I feel like if you were gonna kind of tie if together. that was gonna be on like a record, that would probably be a slash. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, talking it's, about it's not together. like not like he's there playing music, not yeah. that kind of slash, but like you know, because what, what is the what is, do the one that I want slash we come together. Yeah, it's like because they go they they finish singing Ooh, that. If and you think the, about that out of context, that's that could be sound really provocative. Well, it's we we go together. It's not oh, we come it? together. I thought yeah, it was we come a, together. No, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because they they finish singing that song and then they're like, oh, Danny, Sandy, you're back together, and they go. Yeah, we are. And then they go, wop, baba, doo, baba. And they uh-huh. go, wop, bamboo. And then it starts right. the next song. Yeah, you're right. It's just really close together mm-hmm. as far as there might be a slash. Good point. Or it could be two separate Sandy. tracks. Sandy. <laughs> I just wanted to throw one of those out there to you. Uh, what restaurant? I don't know. Maybe Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that, though. That w- That is a really good pick because you could just do what if you lived on top of the of the Olive Garden. On top you- of spaghetti. Covered with, covered with cheese i was gonna say it was like you pay once for unlimited uh super breadsticks and then you just you you haven't left so i mean yeah. technically you just give him like seven yeah. bucks or whatever and then you're just like i'm here i'm for it well like if you, you go above like a fast please? food place like you're gonna smell like gross oil mm-hmm. at some point right like that's just gonna happen. What do you smell like if you're in Olive Garden? Olive Garden, you're gonna uh, probably Italians. garlic. I think is gonna stick to you. you like, smell I think like Italians and like and having worked Andy's mints, <laughs> having worked at an Italian restaurant for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you the garlic is the thing that tends to hang more than anything else. Sure. So I think garlic is what you end up with, and that's not horrible. I mean, you don't have to worry about vampires. So like that, you got that going for you. Sure. But I was, I definitely wanted. I was trying to think of a restaurant that would be better, like. Like a Panera bread. Ooh. Like, because that seems like low, like, it's not like the weird chemically bread smell of like a Subway. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Chemical bread. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I though. know what you're talking that about. That rubber bread. Yeah. Uh, episode four, segment two is Feisty Geist. <laughs> the uh, summary for this is there is a, this is an homage to. Ghostbusters. What, what year did that come? I know, right? <laughs> the 1980s hit Ghostbusters. Uh, Heifer is haunted by the ghost of Genghis Khan-style general 
who recognizes Heifer as the incarnation of an incompetent soldier he once had in his army. And then he, Rocco, and Filbert use exercising cream and squirt guns in order to get rid of the spirit. I could go for a good exercising cream. <laughs> At Madame Doreen's, where the sign reads, Palm Reed, Past Lives, and Fortune Rocco, Spunky, and Heifer are there so that Heifer can learn about his past lives. They have to get a spirit guide, and Heifer chooses the budget option, which is Mortimer Khan, a forgotten son of Genghis Khan. Other options were Custer uh, and Elvis, which were moderate and uh, expensive, expensive in those respective orders. Uh, when she calls Mortimer, his answer machine picks up first, but she says she knows Mortimer. he's there. <laughs> and then Mortimer shows up. He's like, all right, all right, I'm here. Mortimer finds Heifer's past lives, uh, then takes him through them. The first is that Heifer was a hungry passenger on the Hillenberger, uh, and we see that there was a uh, a buffet on the other side of the airship, and Heifer's like, I gotta go to the buffet, and causes an off-balance and uh, a crash. I guess the Hillenberger is not a an actual... Uh, what are those blimps? Is that what you call that? The Hindenburg? But it was the, the Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Is, yeah. That's but the, the one that crashed and burned. But the Hillenburger is their version of that, which is also named after Steve. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you caught this. I feel like the guy that does Mortimer's voice is the same dude that does the voice for Peaches. I don't know who that oh, is. I could see that. that. But they sound somewhat similar in okay. certain circumstances. Is that, uh, is that uh, what's his face? Mr. Uh, Plankton? The Plankton? It might be. Like I said, I, I don't I don't know who does which ones, yeah. but um, it, it just kind of caught me in that. I mean, they're also both villain characters, right, but yeah. I think I think about both of them at the same like in the same in realm. the same exact yeah. realm. Makes here. sense. Uh, so before that, Heifer lived in Italy uh, and stood atop of the Tower of Pisa, uh, where he went to the edge, and then the tower shifted, which is where the lean came from. And uh, before that. Uh, in Istanbul, uh, Heifer was a scout for Mortimer's army. And instead of scouting, he was eating and spilled the beans on the invasion I, on accident uh, to uh, to the uh, the other rivaling group. Right. I uh, I was I was like, this doesn't this the city doesn't sound right in or the country is Istanbul. And then I realized that it was an, an Istanbul and a Constantinople mm-hmm. like mashup is what they used for that. And I was like, oh, that's that's cute. That's cute. Uh, it turns out that Mortimer vowed to get even with Heifer at that at that point for the invasion gone wrong, and Mortimer escapes the crystal ball, and uh, they don't know where he went, so they left <laughs> afterwards. And after they arrive home, we find out that the spirit of Mortimer ends up inside Spunky. Mortimer takes control of Spunky and tries to attack Heifer, but isn't able to do much damage. Uh, whenever that ball explodes, the the lady's just like. That's probably not good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he's he's punching Heifer in his big belly with his tiny little running up against him and biting on him and everything. Rocco says that he sounds like Mortimer and Spunky says, I am Mortimer. They put Spunky slash Mortimer in the backyard uh, while coming up with a plan to exercise Mortimer for Spunky. Uh, Filbert shows up and says that he has a tube of spirit away anti-possession cream in his scooter <laughs> it's handy right? which is just a common thing to keep in said scooter <laughs> they hold spunky down and put the cream on him mortimer leaves immediately but goes into filbert while he's stuck on his back so he can't really do much 
they get the an industrial amount of spirit away and squirt guns. Mortimer left Filbert and and went into the toilet. They squirt that, and then he goes into a series of things, which include toilet paper, the refrigerator, Rocco's shirt, a lamp, a cactus, a lava lamp, jackhammer, the bed, the clock, the chair, the book, and everything else in Rocco's room. Uh, I like that he keeps having like one off different phrases that he says every time he jumps <laughs> into something. And he's just like, I'll wrap you up when he's toilet paper and then it gets sprayed and then it's something different. Yes. Uh, so the only thing that's not covered by Spirit Away is a tiny snow globe of Hollywood, Hollowwood rather, uh, that Mortimer is trapped inside of. Uh, they return the snow globe with Mortimer in it to Madame Doreen. As a thank you, she shows Rocco his past life using General Custer. Uh, immediately, Custer uh, recognizes Heifer, uh, the, uh, though, and wants to uh, get to seek out to seek revenge as well. They all run out of Madame Doreen's shop. <laughs> the end. So Heifer has caused a ruckus all throughout all of his lives. Literally throughout history. Period. <laughs> Have you ever had your palm read or anything else similar to uh, the Madame's offerings no i've always wanted to do it i actually i take that back we did uh if i'm if i'm remembering correctly we did like a free uh, not a free it was a really like light uh reading thing when we were in salem oh okay yeah uh, that makes sense a few years ago and uh we did that and it was just so like because there were so many people around it was almost like a very like in and out of there kind of a thing and it wasn't very expensive either so it was just kind of like more of the experience than it was anything else I think that was basically it. I mean, there was nothing that I learned that right. like impacted my life yeah. hugely or anything like that, but nothing that I've like, I think whenever I think of like a palm reading experience or a fortune telling, I'm thinking like, this is probably going to be something that I'll take like 20, 30 minutes. Right. We're going to spend some time maybe yeah. getting to know each other and yes. hashing out some stuff before I'm like, here's $40. Yeah. See you later. So the teller kind of can get to, I mean, I would think I would think generally the teller kind of gets to know you enough to where they can give you a an answer, whether you believe in the stuff or not. They get to know you so that they can kind of interpret the answer Mm -hmm. to fit you a little bit more specifically. Um, I haven't done it either, although I I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, It just seems like something that for for me personally, I don't know if there's a lot of gain that I would get from it or Mm -hmm. a lot that I would have from it for what the cost can generally be uh for that but i didn't i didn't know that past lives was a thing and i don't know if it is actually a thing at all i think it really is necessarily that's more of a ancestry 23 <laughs> me these days i don't think that they look back at your past and try and tell you who they think you are yeah or were well and but like a 23 me is more of an ancestry this is like your we'll past you, if i went into a fortune teller shop and they gave me an <laughs> offer to have somebody like that come out of a crystal ball to tell me some shit there is no reason why I wouldn't be there. You know what they say? Exorcism day is a very dangerous day. This has been an IFNZ production. Yeah.